Gentlemen, what a fantastic time to be alive. I am your host with the very most, Darius Riddick, a.k.a. Riddick the Lion, back again with another installment in our devotion to creating a more dominant ass-kicking society. Welcome to Constructing the Beast. For those of you that is your first time tuning again, hey, I appreciate your love and support and all the endeavors you guys have put into this movement over the years. Without you, none of this would be successful. So today, to roll right into it, man, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, more questions, more of those quarantine questions that we have been asked. If you are not familiar with what we're talking about, familiarize yourself with the past couple episodes. We have taken something that is very taboo and made it into something that can be beneficial to people of all races, ages, shapes, sizes, and colors, right? So to give you a little background about what it is, if this is your first time listening in, once the whole quarantine and COVID transpired, there were a lot of questions, right? There, there were, there's a lot of, a lot of questions and just uh curiosities if you will that came up in terms of physical and mental health right people wanted to know uh those unanswered questions that they had even before all this stuff kicked off right home workouts uh how to get back in shape things to stay motivated you know how to keep the weight down how to gain muscle what supplements to take to get back into it stretches recovery a through z everything we're talking about fitness so we decided to uh, dedicate that into certain segments within Constructing the Beast that are just quarantine questions. And the way this works is you all send me questions uh, on social, uh, to my to my phone, to my email, however that may be, however you want to get in contact with me. And I compile those questions together. And the most frequented questions are the ones that are asked the most, are the ones that we can take out one by one. We do those in triplets within these episodes. And today is going to be the 13th, 14th, and 15th question that we have covered so far. And what really sparked this uh, is because we want to make sure that people are getting their information from a reputable source. You know, I've been presented before. I was like, someone asks, hey, Darius, why can't I just Google the answer? And it's like, well, because you really have no fucking clue who is answering that question, right? It could be someone who hasn't worked out a day in their life and they're giving you this information that they haven't even followed, uh, tra- translated to their own life. So why would you take advice from somebody who hasn't been there, done that, or who has some knowledgeable experience or is ed- educated in the subject, right? Now, if you're getting it from uh, a reputable source like a .org or a .gov, then by all means, again, you know, you know, science only goes so far. You really don't know who is on the opposite end of that information. So to mitigate that, to really cut out the bullshit, we do that ourselves so that you know that what you're getting is real shit. All right. So uh, enough of the housekeeping stuff. So we're going to go ahead and kick it off with the first question. And um, that first question is, what is the biggest mistake that you, as an I think, uh, people make when it comes to nutrition? Uh, and, and so that, that's, that's a very, very great question. Uh, first off, um, and, and for, for me, my personal opinion, and from what I've learned that there's two sides to that, right? Nutrition is like this obscure fucking monster that people are, a lot of people are afraid of. And then a lot of people have conquered many times before. But the thing is, you know, if you're looking at it from a baseline level, there are two sides or two, two ways that people approach uh, nutrition, right? And the first way is thinking that it has to be so difficult. 
Now, whether you're, whether you're, whether you have no idea how you should be eating, like what your, your, what your dietary reference intake should be, what your, what your average daily amounts and all that stuff should be, uh, percentages, and you know, if you have no idea what I'm talking about when I say any of that stuff, I'm gonna break it down for you, uh, and 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 in a, in a really basic sense, okay? So, the first side of this is nutrition does not have to be complicated. People think that you have to count all your macronutrients as in your carbohydrates your fats and your proteins and you have to count your macronutrients as in your, your micronutrients nutrients as in your fiber your water your sodium like that stuff is good to have a general knowledge on but you do not have to be advanced so advanced as to count each gram in order to be uh successful in nutrition right what i like to uh instill in everyone that i encounter that talks to me about nutrition is uh uh that nutrition is all about making healthier choices when it comes to the food that you eat you don't need to count okay see i have 12 grams of spinach i have 40 ounces of chicken and i have one and a half cups of rice that 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 is awesome right that's that's fucking amazing but that is the problem with that is is it's not sustainable okay so in order to really focus on nutrition you have to find something that is sustainable for your lifestyle and if if you are if you don't have like if you if you need a a place to start right if you're just completely in the dark you really don't know anything about nutrition you you need a direction I, i would the first place i would say to go is is go to google and type in my plate usda okay that's M-Y-P-L-A-T-E space U-S-D-A. And what that is going to do is present you with a tool that teaches you the baseline, the basics about nutrition and how you should be approaching your portion sizes and the and just a general way of eating. It's, it's very vague, right? It's a very bird's eye view way of nutrition. And that is because, like I said, it doesn't have to be anything too specific for you in order to be successful in this. But it really starts with educating yourself, right? Finding out what this stuff is, finding out the way you should be eating, what things to avoid. Um, and then you just start from there, right? So if I had to be a little bit more specific, I would say avoid keeping snacks in the house. That's the number one way to counteract your nutrition. Because if you have it in the house, most likely if you get the craving for it, or if you want it, you are going to eat it. So the best way to go against that is just to not keep it in the fucking house, right? The second thing is, uh, remember moderation. If you ever feel like you're, you're overeating or if you ever eat to the point that you're full, you're wrong, right? You should always eat to you're satisfied. So a way that I suggest doing that is whenever you make a meal, whenever you make a, whenever you have a plate of food, you eat 75% of the plate, right? You, cause it takes, so the, in the, you eat 75% and then you wait 15 minutes. And if you're still hungry, then you eat the other five, other 25%. But if you're satisfied, then you leave the other 25% alone. And the reason why we do that is because digestion requires so much energy that as you're eating, the body and the, the stomach is not catching up to it. Mechanical digestion is happening in the mouth. But the chemical digestion does not happen until all the food gets into the stomach. But that's such a slow process that by the time all that food is eaten, your body cannot physically catch up with what you've put into it. So to implement that moderation, that balance, we can do 75-25 so we don't overeat. And if you really want something specific, if you're more, if you're at a higher than basic level, if you're intermediate or you're advanced, or if you think that something that's more 
uh, invasive, that's more aggressive would work for you, then go to soulmentality.com and go to LionFit. Go to any of our nutrition guides, and those will definitely point you in the di- in the right direction, right? That's www.soulmentality.com. We have plenty of nutrition guides by certified professionals and even personal training and nutrition coaching programs by yours truly, okay? So if you want something more advanced, then I, can point, I'll, I will point you in the right direction. So that's the first side of nutrition. Um, to, so, so just to wrap that up, that's uh, thinking it has to be so difficult to the point where you have to count everything, and that's not true. The second side of that is, and that I see very frequently, is that a lot of athletes and people just think that they can eat whatever the hell they want if they train hard enough, right? So I've heard the term a lot before that is you can out-train a bad diet, and I'm gonna be honest with you. That's that that's scientifically, chemically, and physically, literally bullshit, right? So if you are if you are eating a certain way, it is because you are training a certain way. So therefore, you're not you're not out training a bad diet. You're eating to sustain that training capability. Okay, does that make sense? Like <clears throat> someone who's only burning off a thousand calories a day. If they're eating 10,000 calories, they're no they're not going to be able to out-train a bad diet. But an athlete who is burning off 5,000 calories a day, it makes sense for them to take in excess calories, up to 10,000 calories because that is how they're training, right? If you're eating these snacks, cakes, cookies and stuff, if you're young, that may be that may you may think that's okay because it's not catching up with you. If you have a very fast metabolism, you may think it's okay because the weight is not put on. But what we forget is that diabetes uh, high blood pressure, heart disease, enlarged heart, um, high blood sugar, all these things are still real. So just because you're fat doesn't mean that you can eat whatever the hell you want, right? And I tell the the smaller athletes all the, all the time, it does not make it okay for you to eat cookies and candy when you wake up in the morning, eat it for lunch, skip skip breakfast, you know, eat that stuff for lunch, and then for dinner you eat like a, a, a banana, or you do the opposite where you completely stuff your face with fast food because you still have all these underlying diseases that are going to show outside of being overweight or being obese. So regardless of of uh of of what you what you feel as though it's okay for you to eat, you should be eating what's tailored towards your lifestyle, making sure that you're getting the right amount of nutrients, the right amount of vitamins, the right amount of like of your macronutrients. If you are one of those advanced athletes, but if you're just a normal, you know, uh, average everyday fitness enthusiast, then you still need to monitor what you are putting in your body. But it's all about making those healthful choices, not overindulging, not overeating and not keeping things around the house that you're going to snack on that aren't beneficial to your lifestyle. Now, this second question goes hand in hand with, honestly, everything that we just talked about. And that is uh, my thoughts on macronutrients. Um, And again, you know, macronutrients are amazing. If you're competing or becoming a bodybuilder or, you know, if if you're really trying to really tone down to like a, a very low body fat percentage, those things are very are are very doable. Right. But the caveat to that is. It's not for everyone. It's not for just the average everyday person. It's not for those are the guy people in the military who are going out in the field and uh, you know who will be in the field for a week and then they come home for a week and then go do it again. It's not for people who just want to make better choices, and that is because it is not sustainable. Even these high-powered athletes that do this shit for a living, they either one have trainers who can do this stuff for them on a constant basis, or two. 
they do it around competition time and then when it's off season they don't they don't do that kind of stuff you know because it's not it's not sustainable year round because the human body is not meant to be you know compressed to such low nutrients over time when we do that for too long, it begin the muscles it begin to break down, tissues begin to break down, right? So, you you really it, again, it's just not sustainable. You can't keep it going for 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 longer than a few months. Um, if you're wondering whether or not macronutrients are for you, again, feel free to contact me directly. I have plenty of plans where I can set you up in the right area and push you towards something that may work for you. But macronutrients are not for everyone because they are not sustainable year round. The only macronutrient I will suggest that everyone get really familiar with is, uh, is, is fats. And the reason why that is, is because, uh, and I just had this conversation with, uh, one of my buddies yesterday is fats are super high in calories. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but I'll give you a little bit of education <clears throat> on macronutrients really quick. So each gram of carbohydrates, right? The main source of energy for our body is four calories. So one gram of carbohydrates equals four calories, the unit of measurement. Okay. For protein, same deal. One gram of protein equals four calories. Now fats, one gram of fat equals nine fucking calories. So that's twice as many calories okay and we're talking about added fats okay so we're i mean saturated and unsaturated we're talking about coconut oil macadamia nut oil uh extra virgin olive oil uh butter margarine all this stuff they are double the amount in calories so where we make the biggest mistakes uh we as a, a general sense is whenever we cook our food well, in, in let, let's let's be generous. Okay, let's talk about healthy food. Whenever we cook like uh, uh, asparagus, or we cook salmon, or we cook uh, our steak or our eggs, we glob butter and extra virgin olive oil in it. The problem with that is that stuff is super duper high in calories. So even when you may be eating the appropriate ways, quote unquote. If you're adding in these extra fats like the butters and the margarines and even olive oil because it's super high in fats. Uh, you could be doing yourself a disservice. Now, again, I have to caveat that with good fats are good. But remember, everything works in moderation. If you're dousing the entire bottom of the pan with olive oil or if you're putting a glob of butter in there, think of it as you adding more and more calories to your meal. The more and more calories to your meal, the more you have to burn off so you do not gain weight. So I would highly suggest that whenever you cook your food or whenever you're making your meal choices that you look on the back and you look at three things, saturated fat, trans fat, and your overall fat. Your overall fat is going to give you the total amount. That's something to definitely be conscious of. Your saturated fat or your unsaturated fats, that just determines whether or not it's a solid or liquid at room temperature. And your trans fat, anything that has trans fat, you want to avoid because that is whoever manufactured that put in preservatives to keep the food from spoiling over a long over a long period of time. Trans fats are bad. Any foods that have trans fats, you want to stay away from. So yeah, that, that, that'd be the only part of, of macronutrients for the, for the person that asked that question that I'd say that is almost a necessity for you to understand. Again, they're not necessarily, they're not ne a necessity, right? Because they're not sustainable. But if you want to make healthier choices in terms of macros, I would say be conscious of the amount of fat that's in your food and the amount of fats that you're adding to, to your meals. <clears throat> All right. So the third question is my thought is, is what are your thoughts on... What is this? 
what are your thoughts on fasted cardio? Okay, so <clears throat> again, this is this is not a, 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 a answer all be all for every single person. Fast fasted cardio works different for everyone. Some people do fasted cardio just based off the feeling. You know, they don't like to eat first thing in the morning when they get up and then go run or or go do. Go, go do anything on like the elliptical, the treadmill on the assault bike or anything like that. And on the other end, some people don't have energy when they get up and go do cardio, right? But fasted cardio is basically your way of depleting your, your body's glycogen levels. You know, the, the sugar storage is in your body early in the morning. The only caveat to that is I would say that if you, it's fasted cardio is something that you do. Fasted cardio is something that you like to do. I would say that that recovery portion is huge because if you deplete your body's glycogen levels your glucose levels then uh you're you're gonna basically you're gonna feel like shit later on because essentially what you're doing is you're not using your body's your, your fuel tank right there because you have nothing in you have nothing in a tank right you're, you're doing it faster you're running on reserve so you're taking your reserve tanks and now you're depleting those now throughout the day if you don't refuel those tanks then you're basically running close to empty all right and this will probably click for a lot of people why they feel so so uh, groggy and so drowsy throughout the day because if you do fasted cardio or if you skip breakfast, right, you're, that's basically what you're doing. You're depleting your body's reserves, so now your body is very, very, very low on energy. So my thoughts on fasted cardio, I would say if you're really if you're really comfortable and on point with the recovery piece, then go for it, right? It's a great way to burn off some extra calories. It's a, it's a great way to start your day and it's a great way to deplete some of those extra fat and sugar levels, right? But on top of that, you have to really hone in on that recovery piece, right? So 25 to 50 grams of glucose or sugar after a workout is, is, is going to drastically help in that golden hour that that hour after your workout directly after is a time where you really need to replenish your water replenish your carbohydrates replenish your sugar and replenish your electrolytes because if you don't do that then you're basically working backwards you're doing yourself a disservice you're depleting your tanks you're not refueling them and now eventually your machine is going to start breaking down but those are today's three questions, ladies and gentlemen. So if you need to learn the questions again, definitely please go back and review this episode. Go back and familiarize yourself with the past questions asked and all the episodes that we've done up to this point, you know, because we continue to help uh, hundreds and thousands of people uh, across the world. And, you know, we want to continue to pay this information forward and, again, create a more dominant ass-kicking society because that is how we grow. That's how we continue to maintain this generation of excellence, okay? And that is the ultimate goal. So if you did learn something from this episode, if you found something of value or if it changed your perspective on something, Remember to share with someone and to, you know, talk to them about it. Explore what we talked about today because that is how we grow. And again, without you all, this would not be possible. So until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I love you guys. I appreciate all the support. Happy lifting. Lion out. I want to find a thing in my life. So I hustle, hustle. Maybe you get in my way while I'm trying to get mine. Fuck you, fuck you. I don't care.